What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Prove Me Wrong podcast. I believe this is episode 21. We are of a drinking age. How about them apples? I hope that this podcast sounds a little bit better on your ears. If it does, it's because I bought myself a new microphone today. If it doesn't, then I don't know what I'm doing. So if you're watching this on YouTube right now, I'll show you the old mic I'd been using this whole time. It was, uh, I got the mic and stand for, I believe, $25 on Amazon. So all these podcasts have been used on a $25 mic. So I went out today, spent a little bit more coin, didn't get the exact one that I wanted because it's like 300 bucks. But if I added up all the microphones I've bought and all the gear, I probably could have just gotten away with that the first time. Because if you remember, I started with a USB microphone in the back or in the beginning and then upgraded to that. And now I've upgraded to this mic. I don't know what it is. I'm not an audio engineer. Although I ran sound for a long time, I don't, I don't know that much. And I got a Yamaha thing that it plugs into. It's got an XLR cable. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. but So hopefully it sounds a little bit better. We're making some upgrades to the studio. I have a new camera in. I haven't figured out quite how to use that yet, but that will be getting put to use in the next podcast. Um, I taught myself a few new tricks in iMovie, so... I'm buying a green screen. Yup. Getting into the year 2018, bought myself a green screen. So I'm going to be able to make some more videos with it yet. If you haven't yet, if you've noticed, I'm putting more content on YouTube and I'm going to be cutting up some more videos and everything. So if you have not yet, please so go subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can search Prove Me Wrong Pod or Grayson Gregory or Cellocast or all any number of things that I am called on YouTube. Did another Cellocast last week. That went better. If you guys remember back to the first one, there was some trolls in the YouTube. YouTube comments and I got shit on by some people, but the second one went really well. Uh, that's now the most downloaded podcast of all time um, for any Prove Me Wrong podcast or Coachella cast. So, hey, my little trick's kind of working. It's bringing in new listeners. Now, if they're parlaying into listening to Prove Me Wrong podcast, that still remains to be seen, but I'm only two episodes in on the cello cast and things seem to be going well that way. Um, today is Wednesday, so yesterday, Tuesday, Tesla flew a car into space with a fake spaceman. Did you see that? Did you see that? Was that not the craziest thing ever? I made a couple um, like mashup videos with it. One of one of the things that you see, if you're not on Twitter, one of the videos that comes up there a lot is uh, a little thing called Everything's Better with Titanic music. So it'll be like an end of a play or any myriad of things that it could be. But then they'll put the Titanic theme song on underneath it and it makes every video better. They were correct. So I did that with the Tesla space launch yesterday. But all you flat earthers, that was CGI'd, right? You guys would be amazed how many people out there believe that the world is flat. I thought it was just a hoax. But people really believe that. Sure, some of you might be in your car going right now, Grayson, the world is flat. Okay, sure it is. There's a podcast coming up uh, in a little bit, I think in the next month or so, but it's going to be with Rogan, my homie Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, Rogan's best buddy Eddie Bravo, and then this other guy that has this YouTube channel that swears the world is flat. So that's going to be an ass kicking, I would imagine, because how the fuck are you going to go up against Neil deGrasse Tyson and his, you know, stats? Like being a scientist, actually knowing things, not just having the only credentials of being a fucking YouTube content creator. 
Trust me, I know. I, I create content on YouTube too. No credentials are needed whatsoever. I have a new segment for you guys. It's called Feel Good News, FGN. I'm going to play that at the end of this podcast. I created like a little opener for it. I don't know if I like it or not. I think it's a little too plain, so I'll probably have to revamp that. And I got to see how it's going to work with the video because now that I'm integrating everything together, and if you saw last week's episode, I'm really trying to put forth a good effort of producing those things and uh, doing a bunch of picture pictures picture in picture stuff so we'll have to see how this ties in or if it really works but i got a good feel good news story for you later on in the podcast um today i posted a a funny meme or at least i think it's funny and it says i hate when old people say tattoos are a waste of money like okay deborah you have a cabinet of expensive plates people aren't allowed to use like precisely two hands in the air emoji right there like whoop whoop raise the roof the, the older generation, you, you always hear those things or if you have tattoos like I do, inevitably, whenever you go to some family function and most of my family's in the South, so it's a little bit different down there as well. But the tattoo thing always comes up and nobody's mean about it. I mean, not even slightly. Everyone's just inquisitive and has questions about it. But you always hear like, well, aren't you worried about what your skin's going to look like when you're older? Opposed to what? I mean, just being a wrinkly raisin anyways. And you baby boomers that are complaining about us having tattoos and what they're going to look like when they're older, you're the ones that are all getting Botox and your face is getting stretched close to your ears like you're in a wind tunnel going 300 miles an hour. So I don't think you really have the moral authority or be able to question what my skin or anybody else's skin is going to look like later with tattoos when you're injecting all this silicone and Botox in your face. I mean, we're creating monster people now. I call them the cat ladies. I mean, you know, like the really like Orange County moms where their face don't move. And I mean, they, they can be mad. But just stoic across the forehead, stoic across the cheek, and nothing moves. I saw a picture the other day of some of the broads from that uh, Bravo show, um, a Real Housewives of Orange County. And oh my God, they all look so awful. They looked better back in the day when they had wrinkles and everything. And now they're just all Botoxed and siliconed out to the gills and they look like shit. Is anybody to tell them to stop? Where does that go from here? So look, can I complain about the tattoos? You're the ones putting silicone in your face and Botox and God knows what. And some of you girls that are listening to this podcast right now, you're one of those people too. Most of you are like, you're young. You're still good looking and you're still doing it. Stop. Put the needle down. Everything's going to be okay. Oh shit. Before we move on, um, earlier today there was a report that Donald Trump I promise this will be quick with Donald Trump, but that he wants to have a military parade. You know, like the ones you see in Russia, in North Korea, in Venezuela, like tanks going down the street. I mean, does he want them gold plated? Does he want his face hung up? Like, have you ever seen those things that go down in North Korea when they have the propaganda and you'll see Kim Jong-un's head go across in the painting? Is that what Donald Trump's looking for? But I think to lighten up the mood with Donald Trump, I've kind of found... We'll call it a filter. Most of us are on Instagram, so we understand filters. And I was messing around with my soundboard earlier. And for those of you that used to be Blink-182 fans in the day, this sound will sound a little bit familiar to you if you remember the live album they had. And I'm specifically talking about some banter that Tom and Mark would have back and forth. 
but I've created a Trump filter. <laughs> and I guess if you're a huge supporter of him, you, you, you might not like this filter, but you can hear me already laughing about it. It cracks me the fuck up. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read through a couple tweets. Just I literally just went to his Twitter feed right now that's not in any particular order. And I'm going to read it in my normal voice, or there might be a little bit of Trumpism to him. And then I'm going to do it with the Trump filter, and you guys tell me what sounds best. So this is from five hours ago. It's a video of Trump talking to somebody. It's from WhiteHouse.gov. And it says, congratulations to the Republic of Korea on what will be a magnificent Winter Olympics. What the South Korean people have built is truly an inspiration. And now for the Trump filter. Congratulations to the Republic of Korea on what will be a magnificent Winter Olympics. What the South Korean people have built is truly an inspiration. You guys like that? I think it's going to be a good way to break up some of the monotony, because if we have to talk about Trump like we inevitably have to do from time to time, let's poke a little fun at it, put a little filter on it, and make things look better than they really are. So this one's from nine hours ago, or, um, from 11 hours ago. This will be a good one. New FBI texts are bombshells, in all caps. And now the Trump filter. New FBI text are all bombshells. I like it. Do you like it? Are you a fan of the new Trump filter? We'll do one more from 12 hours ago. In the old days, when good news was reported, the stock market would go up. Today, when good news is reported, the stock market goes down. Big mistake. And we have so much good, and in parentheses, great, news about the economy. And now the Trump filter. In the old days, when good news is reported, the stock market would go up. Today, when good news is reported, the stock market goes down. Big mistake. And we have so much good, great in parentheses, news about the economy. Okay, so that mwahahahaha wasn't there at the end of the tweet. But doesn't it fit some of these tweets? The new Trump filter. I think it's going to be a new staple of the podcast moving forward. That way we can kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Not saying he's really the devil. Come on, people. If you want a MAGA, I'm cool with it. I'm not. I just think it's a good way to break it up a little bit. Uh, what do you know? 24 hours ago, he congratulated Elon Musk on the SpaceX. Hey, way to go, Trump. Did you guys watch the State of the Union? I didn't. Well, I did. I tried to. And then I had to turn it off. If you saw my Instagram post or my Facebook post, wasn't I pretty spot on? If you didn't see it, it was just a little video of me real quick, pretending I was Trump, saying a speech. And then next thing you know, the Republicans all stood up and applauded. And then the next shot was the Democrats just with their arms folded. I mean, is there anything more outdated than the State of the Union? If you really want to do it, just put the guy in the Oval Office with a microphone and let him speak. If this is something we're going to pretend like tradition, we're just going to have to go through the motions with it, fine. But the standing up and the sitting down and the pandering and the bringing in the heroes, and I'm not saying that those people that they brought up weren't heroes, that's not what I'm saying, but it's just... This propaganda on display, if you will. And no matter what Trump says, and he came out even yesterday and said, The Democrats not standing up to applaud is treason. He did say something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, but he was essentially talking about during the State of the Union, the Democrats wouldn't stand up, and he thought that was a form of treason because it was policies that he had passed. Like, come on. 
with the State of the Union. As we talk about, these are just old systems. As Rogan says, when these all when all these things came into play, people were still riding with feathers, and we're just on the back of momentum here. So it's the year 2018, and we're still doing State of the Union dresses. So um, I'm not going to get into it more than that. And I promise, well, at least I think, uh, maybe. That might be the end of the Trump talk for the podcast, but one of the things, I feel like Brian has now become uh, a co-host of this show. Even when he's not here, he's a guest. I mean, it's fair enough for those of you that have been friends with me a long time, you know Brian. You've been friends with Brian yourself, hell. He's been on this podcast a couple times, and there's always some back and forth and not uh, with us during social media, and <laughs> we like to talk a lot of shit together. Brian's done a better job of keeping his ear to the street, if you will, for all the really, really white people out here. I mean, that he listens to what some of the young kids listen to, where I kind of drew my line in the sand many years ago, and I started becoming the, the guy. You know, like, you know, like, probably you guys have parents like that, that it, all they still listen to is 80s rock, and nothing's better than 80s rock. And, I mean, heaven forbid anything came out today that was better than that. But I, I started doing that myself. But Brian keeps his ear to the street with his... T. Grizzy, I think's his name. This Bodak Yellow, Brian's a fan. Cardi B, he taught me about her in New York. I heard about Jaden Smith yesterday. That dude, that dude's not too bad. That dude's not too bad. But Brian constantly sends me these beats or these songs. And it's essentially to try to bring me over to be like, see, there's still some good music out there. And when it comes to this Bodak, or is it Kodak Yellow? I think there's a Bodak Yellow and a Kodak Black. See, I'm too old too old for this but he sends me these different songs so what i've been doing in return is sending him some of the edm drops or beats if you will that i enjoy because you guys know well enough that is something i've gotten into over the last year and i've found this new genre of music that i like and me and brian have had a very similar taste of music our entire lives we liked remember like when they used to have the hip-hop summer beats like all of a sudden summer would come around and there'd be these fucking bangers you'd play them at pool parties i don't think i just built this all in my head you like with the windows down you're driving the bass booming there used to be these fucking bangers not saying they were the best lyricists in the world but when you go back and you listen to i mean even 50 cent bangers the game those beats were bangers. Obviously, I don't have to tell you about the Chronic 2001 because when I think hip-hop of my youth, those are my favorite beats of all time. And we lost it in hip-hop or rap or whatever you want to call this new mumble shit. I don't identify with the beats anymore. It's all just the same thing, this melodramatic bullshit. But Brian seems taking a liking to it. So we're always sending songs back and forth. So what I thought I would do is, because I think some of you might be on the hater train too when it comes to this the EDM type stuff, and I understand. But I got three beats for you that I'm going to play. They're only little snippets. And... If you haven't heard them before, you're gonna, I think you're going to go, shit, that's pretty good. And if there was a rapper on there, that would be the banger of the summer. So these aren't underground songs or anything. You might have heard a few of them, but I'm just going to play a couple snippets for you of three separate songs, and then we'll go through them after that. Sound good? Well, you don't have a choice. So song number one. Like a thief in the night. I'm coming for your heart, I'm coming for your heart This time it's anything goes I guess I'm just a selfish ghost Ghost, 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 ghost
Okay, so that was the first song. That's a song by OK called Thief. And for those of you that are watching the video right now, yes, that is the Sexy Sax Man. If you guys don't know who the Sexy Sax Man is, it's a video that went viral probably eight years ago with this dude and with like this fake mullet and um, suspenders and no shirt on and he would play uh, one of the George Michael songs. So yes, if you're watching the video, that was um, Sexy Sax Man. All right, on to song number two. Should I fall in? Okay, so that was song number two. That is Jocelyn Alice, and the song is Bound to You. And I don't know how you pronounce the remix, but I think it's a Stash Koenig remix. And if you've been hanging out with me within the last few months, you've definitely heard that song around me, or I've probably sent it to you. And now for this last song. This song is the banger of all bangers. This is who we flew up to go see in Las Vegas last week, a guy by the name of R.L. Grime. I didn't know about him until after Coachella. He didn't play last year. And I was hoping he was playing this year, but he wasn't, so I said fuck it let's go to vegas and let's go see rl grime and this is a song with you guys might remember the singer miguel he's in it so i'm gonna play uh, just a little bit for it and you'll see what the hell i'm talking about Come on now. Even if you're a hater of the EDM stuff, when you listen to those three songs, you can't tell me that those are not the bangerest of the banging jams. Those are bangerang if this was the movie hook. Those would be the Rufio of drops right now. And that's just your average song. It's not crate digging on the EDM stuff. Not going to the underground. These are all things you can find on a Spotify playlist near you. So I'll put these songs in the show notes too because, hey, maybe it introduced you into something new and you're like, I, I like that song, Grayson. I'd like to hear more. I think in a past life I was probably a DJ. But I'm bad at counting and I'm bad. I'm not that ambidextrous. So it's kind of hard for me to go left, right, left, right. Wait, where's the four? Where's the one? So it sucks. But again, <laughs> that was okay. Thief was a song. Jocelyn Alice, Bound to You, and R.L. Grime with Miguel. Stay for it. So Brian, shots fired. Not only am I saying I'm going to run faster than you in May, I'm saying I have a better taste in music than you do. Most people would agree. Usually when you pass me the ox, most people would agree. I like to throw down some music that everybody enjoys. What the pivot? Uh, Sunday was a Super Bowl. Did you guys watch that? I 
I had it on, but it was like in the background while I was doing things on my computer because I have ADD like that. So whenever I'm watching TV, I'm like diddle fucking around on Twitter. I don't know what I was doing. Nothing productive. Okay. But I sat there and I watched it and it was a good game. The commercials, those are lackluster, right? And I have a theory. It's because now we have YouTube. There's funnier people on YouTube than there are in these marketing meetings. So anything that's super funny is now on YouTube and it's not in these goddamn commercials. The Doritos commercials were funny. You know, the ones where it had uh, Morgan Freeman rapping and somebody else. Who was the other person rapping? It was like this hot and cold dichotomy. That, that was a good one. But all the rest are pretty shitty. It seems like Tide spent a lot of money on the commercials. What'd you think of JT? But he was worse than I expected. Came out looking like a homeless hiking hipster. I, I didn't know what that was. And he definitely wasn't singing, right? Like, I, I know the dude can sing, but there was a lot of Pro Tools and karaoke, and if you will, going on behind him. I just thought there was a lot to be left, JT. I thought you could have done better. Not that I can sing or dance or do any of the above, but I just thought you could have done better. There was a big, I don't know if you guys saw the drama, um... With Prince, I guess he was supposed to play with like a hologram of Prince, kind of like a la the uh, hologram of Tupac at Coachella in 2012. But there was a previous interview with him where it asked him if he could play with a hologram of any former star who he'd play with. And he said, nobody. Now, if he didn't know this, and it seems weird that Prince was a devout Jehovah's Witness. And he said something like it's demonic to be able to do it. So reports were the day before Justin Timberlake wasn't going to go through with what uh, was the hologram and it wasn't going to have it at all. But then there was this giant curtain, kind of like there was when Prince performed. God, how many years ago was that? Now, probably seven, eight years ago. Time moves quick. We've discussed this before, but it kind of looked like that. And he was playing with them and everything, but I didn't expect to see it at all, but wasn't a big fan of JT. I, I don't know who else you get though, because look, I'm the old guy. I mean, who you get Justin Bieber, you get some of these EDM DJs like, no, that's not going to work. You going to get Kiss? People still listen to Kiss? I think like the Foo Fighters. Let it be the Foo Fighters, right? They're a good like kind of middle of the road. Dave Grohl's a good guy. They put on a smile. They're not going to do anything crazy. I mean, at the college football award or at the game, they had Kendrick Lamar play during halftime. I'm like, oh, you guys got to be careful with that because Donald Trump's there and Kendrick's a little crazy. So you know they're not going to get that with Dave Grohl. And obviously Foo Fighters can't play every year. Maybe just do a variation of the Foo Fighters. That would be better than what we saw. I thought there was still a lot JT could have done. And um, I expected more. I expected more, Justin. Come on now. But the commercials are so stupid. I, I posted something on Facebook about like the propaganda of commercials. I'm starting to realize it just I, I come off like a dick all the time of like, oh, he's seen all these conspiracies or oh, he thinks there's so much bad in the world and this and that and the other. And here's what's going on. These are the things that are going through my mind when I sit on the couch and I'm like sitting there alone or if I'm sitting there with a buddy. Like I was texting Brian during this going, did you see that commercial? Like, did you guys see the MLK commercial that was on there, I guess the Dodge Ram commercial that had MLK where he's sitting there giving his speech and it's all about selling trucks. Or there was the one, I think Hyundai or Honda where it was like the TSA, but then it was about kids being sick. And then there was another commercial where it has like Barack Obama and George Bush. And I don't even know what the commercial was, but it had like different speeches of theirs. And I'm just sitting there going, Oh, this is propaganda. 
this is marketing propaganda. I know what's going on here. Even like there was that commercial a few years back that was about the farmers and it was kind of, I guess it precluded, it was prior, let's, let's not try and use a word that I didn't know right there, huh? I guess it was prior to like the whole MAGA and Donald Trump and all that, but it was about farmers and the salt of the earth and trying to get people back in their four pickup trucks to help make America great again. People loved it, but I just look at things a little bit different. So I'm seeing all these commercials and I'm going, they're selling us something here. And isn't that the point? I mean, why else would they be spending $5 million for a 30 second ad? $5 million for a 30 second ad. And I just don't get why you're trying to sell cars and you have speeches of the president underneath it. I don't know if those are mutually exclusive. And there's so many of you that are probably listening to this going, that's what you got out of all of that? Yes. Yes, it is. I'm crazy like that. I have Tourette's when I watch these certain things. So like you say, oh, you couldn't enjoy the game because you were seeing that shit. That is correct. And I watched the game sober. Didn't have any alcohol. Didn't smoke any pot. Watched it sober. And that was still the conclusion I've come to. You heard how I already felt about the State of the Union. So like this isn't for show. These are the things that really go on when I watch these things. I start to freak out and it gives me Tourette's. Like whenever I go to my folks' house and they just have a, you know, not that they're old, but they're older people. And are, you know how they have like just a routine of what they're going to watch? At 4 o'clock, the news comes on. At 5 o'clock, we flip to Dr. Oz. 6 o'clock, we flip to Sean Hannity. 7 o'clock, we flip to Friends reruns. 8 o'clock, we're in bed. Something of that effect. So whenever I'm over there, it's just part of the natural progression that it turns on to Fox News or something. And I get forced to watch a Sean Hannity. And then it's like, I have Tourette's. I'll sit there and watch it and I'll see an interview. And I kind of just start gritting my teeth and go, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. And then I get fed up and I ultimately have to say something. And it's not even the content of it half the time. Half the time, I'm just getting pissed off. I'm like, well, this is such a stupid conversation. This is seven minutes. They're going to go to commercial to sell something and they're going to come back. Like They're not even trying to get to the meat and potatoes of anything. It's just shouting masks commercial shouting match commercial and whoever shouts the loudest wins the argument so even that makes me angry and that's why i love this forum we've talked about it before that's why i love podcasts that's why i love youtube like i am such a like loser i'm such a dork that I sit home and like I watch lectures. Like there's this guy, Jordan Peterson, that I've talked to you guys about before, that he had gotten in trouble with this bill up in Toronto. I, I don't even know how to like break it down for you. Like you just have to Google him. But there was this bill in Toronto. He fought against it because he was trying to get him to use like these 72 different preferred gender pronouns. He said no. And now kind of came made him a martyr where social justice warriors are now coming out in droves and they're calling him an alt-right and Nazi and this, that, and the other. And there was a famous interview two weeks ago where he was on Channel 4 News and uh, I think on the BBC where this interview just crumbled for this woman. It was a 30-minute long conversation, no commercial breaks, and she kept trying to interject and project back onto him. And she was just making these outlandish claims and he just defeated her with words. So I see that and I go, there's hope for the future. I hear podcasts and I go, there's hope for the future, but the future does not lie in TV. So it just, it, it grinds my gears when I have to sit at home or sit at my folks' house and watch these old things. It's just like, you're not getting to any of the information here. And I think that's, I mean, when Trump wants to talk about, when Trump wants to talk about fake news, 
You're fake news. You're fake news. CNN, you're the newsest of the fakest. I have the fake news awards. To me, all the fake news is is this mainstream media shit. And it's the people in power. It's the CNNs. It's the Fox. It's the MSNBCs. And all they are are fear mongers. Just like politicians, they're fear mongers. You hear how bad everything is. You don't hear about the good stuff. If it bleeds, it leads, you hear. And keep in mind, these are the same people that told us smoking pot was for the devil. It's a gateway drug. Don't you smoke marijuana? Well, that's weird. Marijuana is now legal in California and many other states, and things are getting better. So we can't really trust you on these issues anymore. And you're not having real conversations as we were just discussing. So when you hear these things in the long podcast format, it's much, much better. And I saw two pieces of fake news just yesterday. I go on this website called Drudge Report. Um... It's like a curated news website. I mean, it's one of the most visited, but it's just links to articles. There's no commentary on them. Well, I guess Drudge twists things because he can make a link, say whatever it is. He can do his own fake news kind of headline on it. But these two stories that really stood out to me. One, it just, it, it seems innocent enough, but it says meditation doesn't make you a calmer person. Buddhist practice leaves people just as aggressive and prejudiced reveals a new study. So what they're saying is that meditation doesn't make anybody a calmer person. Okay, so if you've never meditated before, I understand. I'm a fan of float tanks, although I haven't been in a while. So hey, float X, I'll be there soon. I think I have like 10 stored up I need to go use. But I don't have like a daily meditation practice, but I, I practice breathing techniques. I like going in the float tank. So I, I, I'm in uh, I'm in it. I, I like to meditate, okay? I should do it more than I do. But let me just ask you this. Have you ever been around this hysterical person before? Like crying, freaking out for those of you that are parents and your kids are doing it and it could be over anything. I mean, someone took somebody's sock and they're freaking out. What's the first thing you tell them to do? Breathe. Just breathe, calm down. And what happens? <laughs> and then they start breathing. Oh, and then they start calming down a little bit, don't they? So just the act of thinking about your breath for a little bit, gathering your thoughts, and actually <sighs> taking deep breaths, isn't that in itself a calming effect? And you're going to tell me meditation doesn't make you a calmer person? For those of you that have never meditated, here's kind of how I look at it when I meditate. You ever seen those conveyor belts? I think they have them in Japan, like with the sushi that goes by. And you go, oh, there's some nigiri. Oh, there's some sashimi. Oh, there's a roll. And you kind of pick off what you want. That's what meditation is like for me, where instead of because like I'm an anxious person, I have anxiety all the time. So sometimes I just get flooded with all this at once. It goes, and it's like all the alarms are going off. Like you're dying, you're dying, you're dying. Everything's awful, everything's awful, everything's awful. Because you can kind of just get into these thought patterns. But meditation for me is kind of like that little food conveyor belt that goes across. A thought will come. It'll kind of come to the forefront. I go, do I want to think about that? Do I need to? Nope. Okay, keep going. And then like a thought will come. Nah, do I need that? No, no, no. Okay. And then sometimes I'm just not thinking of anything. I'm just counting breaths. One, 
two, three. But I promise you, in just my little bit of practice, meditation absolutely helps me. And I don't think it's placebo by any effect because it is like a tangible thing. And I take things that I've learned in the float tank into other aspects of the life. Or when I do start getting overwhelmed, I start thinking about those meditation patterns and I get into those breathing habits and I start thinking about that conveyor belt. Another way I heard it described earlier was somebody was talking about clouds in the sky. So it's like it comes across, oh, look at that pretty cloud. Oh, okay. Because what they say is like, let the thoughts come through your mind just and let it go without judgment, just kind of in one side and out the other. And after 10 minutes, you feel much better. There's an app called Headspace. I would implore you to go and try that out. If you ever thought about meditating, it's a free app. I think you get free 10 days on it. And they're not a sponsor of the podcast, but oh yeah, it's because there is no sponsor of the podcast. But go try Headspace and tell me. So, I mean, I saw that article and it's just like, what are they really trying to push here telling me that meditation doesn't help you out? And then there was something a little bit more sinister and a little bit more egregious. And this is the one that says the FDA declares popular alternative medicine, Kratom, an opioid. So if you've kept your ear to the street for the last few years, Kratom is um, an over-the-counter supplement you can get, just like with all your other vitamins, with your lion's mane and everything else that's out there. And the FDA came out today and said that it's an opioid. In fact, what Kratom has been used for is people to get off opioids. And I'm going to read something from the FDA commissioner. His name's Dr. Scott Gottlieb. And let's just see if you get the same little alarm system start going off that went off for me. So I'm going to read him, uh, read this for a second. It goes, for individuals seeking treatment, here, maybe I should use this. No, for individuals seeking treatment for opioid addiction who are being told that Kratom can be an effective treatment, I urge you to seek help from a healthcare provider. Okay, he goes on. Combined with psychosocial support, these treatments are effective, meaning the healthcare provider. Importantly, there are three drugs, buprenorphine, methadone, and naltrexone, approved by the FDA for the treatment of opioid addiction, and the agency is committed to promoting more widespread innovation and access to these treatments to help those suffering from an opioid use disorder transition to lives of sobriety. So did you pick up on what I picked up there? He's saying, well, no, this Kratom, this, this over-the-counter stuff you get, nope, that's that's no good. That's, no, that's not going to help you at all. You need to go to a doctor, and then you need to get put on uh, buprenorphine, methadone, or naltrexone. Now, methadone, for those that don't know, it's something that you take, which also gets you fucked up. If you've been around anybody that's on methadone or suboxone, they still get fucked up. And I can tell you this from even my short time in Kentucky and now having some friends addicted to pain pills even out here in California, but methadone and suboxone treatments were on every fucking corner. And what would happen is people weren't able to find Oxycontin anymore or they started uh, not selling it or they started changing the formula so they couldn't take it the same way they were taking it. So then they started getting this methadone and suboxone. So why, oh why, when we have this free thing called Kratom, well, not free, but it's, it's not 
not addictive. It doesn't get you fucked up, but it helps you get off opioids. And now the FDA is saying, no, you know what? You need to go see a healthcare provider, which, hey, if, if you have insurance, go see a doctor either way. I'm not saying skip the doctor. That's not what I'm saying. But they're trying to get you on their pills. It's the same thing we've talked about with the marijuana trade, isn't it? Which this is like the state of the world we live in right now. So you have Jeff Sessions, the attorney general that came out and said, opioid addiction starts with marijuana. So that's our attorney general. At the same time yesterday, a medical marijuana bill passed the Virginia Senate 40 and O that was 40 senators. Yay. Zero nay. And now the FDA is trying and our attorney general is trying to come out and tell us marijuana is addictive. This is the same FDA that tried to say CBD should be classified in the same thing as heroin. We've talked about CBD here before. It's the male version of the plant that doesn't get you stoned at all. It's just for inflammation, helps with anxiety, helps with kids with epilepsy. And one of the magazines, it's like an online magazine that I like to read a lot. It's called Reason or Reason.com. And it's just like a straightforward libertarian website so you know they're libertarian that they're going to be less intervention with people more freedom and they're what i like to think pretty down the middle of this so it was talking about jeff sessions and the opioid addiction um he said here are six studies that say otherwise so i'll read through them real quick a 2017 study published by drug and alcohol dependence found that states that legalized medical marijuana reported on an average 23 percent fewer hospitalizations for opioid addiction and 13 percent fewer hospitalization for overdoses a 2017 study also found in New Mexico that patients with chronic pain who enrolled in the state's medical marijuana program were likely to reduce their opioid dosage or even seize opioid use altogether. Another 2017 study in Colorado found that marijuana legalization was associated with short-term reductions in opioid-related deaths. Weird, right? There's only two more. A 2016 study published by the American Journal of Public Health reported that fatally injured drivers in car crashes were less likely less likely to test positive for opioids in states with legal medical marijuana. And then a 2016 study looking at prescriptions covered by Medicare found that the use, so this is Medicare, so this is important with everything that's going on now, that the use of prescription drugs for which marijuana could serve as a clinical alternative fell significantly, significantly once a medical marijuana law was implemented. So let's follow the money here. I know it seems like we kind of took a little crazy uh, route to get there, but you have Jeff Sessions saying marijuana is addictive as heroin. You have the FDA declaring that Kratom is an opioid. And Kratom, so you know, it's in the same family as coffee. That's the the same like lineage it comes from. So, and then the FDA... um, Sorry, what was his title there? Oh, the commissioner. So we went over, was talking about, you need to seek help. You need to go take these other pills. And now Jeff Sessions is trying to say that the marijuana is causing the opioid addictions when there's no evidence to that whatsoever. So follow the fucking money. It's the pharmaceuticals people in these people's pockets. And some of you might get tired of me beating this this horse dead, but I think it's one of the most important things of our generation. 
situation. Do you want to talk about fake news? The fact that Kratom is as addicted to or as addictive as heroin or that is like an opioid, that is fake news. Saying that marijuana is a gateway drug, that is fake news. And I wish I could find the study for you. I'll have to pull it up when I'm about to play this video right now. But about I think it was a town in West Virginia or Connecticut, and it talked about the amount of pills that were there uh, compared to the population of people. But I've, I've talked about this one video before, and it's about five minutes long, but I think it's important to play the whole thing. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see the video. If you're just listening to this on your podcast app, you'll just hear the audio of it. But I encourage you, if you're just listening to it, to go look it up because this guy's name is Jaden. And this is from a documentary called Culture High that came out about four or five years ago. And it's specifically talking about CBD and how it helps his son with epilepsy. So I won't say too much more than that. So we'll play the audio and then we'll kind of go from there. Cool. Jaden is seven years old now. Jaden was, uh, was born perfectly healthy. At four months old, Jaden had his uh, first seizure. It was just a downhill road for there for the next few years. She's having 500 like twitching myclonic seizures a day. He'd have grandmas for an hour, hour and a half. I remember he was crying from like one o'clock at night to like nine in the morning, screaming, crying in pain. He was seeing things. He was hallucinating from the medications. At four and a half, Jaden was um, taking uh, 22 pills a day. He was at 25,000 pills he had taken by the time he was five years old. Jaden had tried 12 different medications. We had 40 ambulances because we were fighting with the insurance companies all the time. We lost our house, we lost our cars, we lost our business, we lost our family. I went to UCSF. I said, look, I don't think Jaden's gonna make it another week. What do you suggest? They're all, you know, I don't know. I mean, I would try anything. I go, what do you think about medical marijuana? They're all, well, like we said, you think we're a life and death situation, you should try anything. So I said, all right. I went and picked up something I saw in a, in a dispensary and came home, I gave it to Jaden. After four and a half years of having my clonic seizures, 500 a day and twitching and head drops and seizing, the first day I gave it to him was, thank God, one million times. It was the first day he's ever went seizure free in his life. And then after that, second day, third day, fourth day, the seizures were down dramatically. I could see his eyes lighting up. It was summertime, it was June 1st, the first day I gave it to him, 2011. He started swimming. Jaden's never been able to swim before. The sudden temperature change of water would give him a seizure. Boom, I put him in the front yard, and my neighbor's like, oh my gosh, we've never seen him in the front yard. They're so excited, they're cheering him on. I started weaning him off the medications after one month I was on the, on the CBD. Every time I took him off, he would suffer for two weeks, and boom, he'd become more human. Then take off another pill, suffer for two weeks, boom, become more human. Jaden started chewing. Jaden was only eating Gerber food all, all the way till he was five years old. He started chewing. With taking 25,000 pills, it really wears on your body and brain, so it was kind of recovering more from the medications and from the epilepsy. And we decided to wean off the hardest one, benzodiazepines. He was having um, tremors, nightmares, brain zaps. I've contacted uh, 30 different benzo withdrawal clinics. They go, how old is the person that's coming on that, that you want to bring into our clinic? And I tell them, seven years old. And they scream at the top of your, their lungs. Every single one vividly say the same exact thing. You have a seven-year-old on benzos? 
because we have people here that are football players. We have people here that are big, tough guys that are dying, literally dying from benzos. And you have a seven-year-old on it. As a seven-year-old, my son's been addicted to it since he's 16 months old. So now we have to figure out a way to wean them off by ourselves because the benzo detox clinics are not willing to take in a seven-year-old. Since we've been using the CBD, he's been doing amazing. It has under 1% THC, so it doesn't give you that euphoria. Second thing is it's abstracted, it's organic. We know the dosaging, the milligrams. We're in the forefront of something huge. It's either you're gonna give up and just let your son be your child be a vegetable and die, or you're gonna sit there and fight. I still haven't met Jaden yet. I know Jaden in 22 pills, but I'm down to Jaden in two pills. That's who I know right now. I don't know Jaden, but on medication. Christmas before Jaden was born, that was my Christmas gift, was that Jaden was gonna be born. My ex-wife had to give me a box, and I opened it, and I remember, <sighs> it's a hard one. I remember opening the box and seeing a pregnancy test and saying positive with two baby shoes and then having so much expectation, you know? Having so much expectation that, uh, you know, you're gonna have your son. As a parent, you're expecting you know, your child to play football, you're expecting your child to talk, you know. <laughs> I mean, right now, my, my number one goal right now is to have my son say, I love you. I mean, people take for that for granted. <sighs> people take that for granted. <laughs> Their kids could talk and say, I love you. That's all I want to hear my son say. But I mean, if I could hear him say that, I'll be more than happy. He said it one time on CNN, I la lu, he was really close, but, um, I gotta hear it. I mean, if, if he says that, I've already conquered the world. Seeing your child suffer, there's nothing worse than that. There's no torture worse than that. Especially every day. Now is not the time to send a message to our young people that marijuana is medicine. It is not. It is a dangerous, illegal drug. Is it legal? Sorry, that ended with Barbara Bush there talking about how dangerous and illegal marijuana is. So if you want to look that up, and if, I'll have this in the show notes too. So if you're just listening on the audio portion, like you know, there's a description of the story, I'll have this linked in there too so you can watch it. Because I think it's much more impactful and powerful when you see the guy that's talking and you see the real angst on his face and the kid he's talking about. And we have monsters in our government out there saying that this stuff can't help people. It's unfucking believable I don't know if you caught it. The two stats that stood out to me the most are one, that the kid was taking 25,000 pills by the time he was five years old. And you heard him talking about benzodiazepines that this kid was on. So that's things like Xanax. For those of you that have never taken a Xanax, they call them little school buses because there's like four pieces of a Xanax bar. I'll take one piece, like before I fly. Like one, I mean, it's, it's like a not even a quarter of an M&M, and I could be fucked up for 10 hours, and this kid at five years old was taking it, and the dad also said, uh, the dad's name is Jason, and the son's name is Jaden, that he said the first day he took CBD, the seizures went away. The first time in his life he'd ever had a full day without a seizure, and it was all because of CBD. So if it feels like I bring this stuff up a lot, um, it's because it fucking matters, and I think people are... Um, 
I think lives are being ruined because the politicians aren't doing enough. And there's too much fake news out there to really be talking about what's going on. So that's a documentary that came out a few years ago. You can catch it on Netflix. Um, there's a bunch of different people in it. I mean, some people are probably better advocates than others. Like Snoop has a, a few pieces in there. Uh, be Real from Cypress Hill does. Joe Rogan says a few things. But then the rest are actual clinical doctors with real studies and it talks about kind of like the history of prohibition and how we got to where we were so i'm sorry if that was a little bit downer but i think it's important that we do talk about these things and we give it as much honesty as we can because there's too much fucking fake news out there and at the beginning of this podcast i told you about that i had a new segment and it's a new segment called feel good news because i think there's enough bullshit in the world i'm responsible for it on this show too that just talking about all the things that are bad and i think there's a lot of good things that do happen in the world there's a a subreddit i follow and it's called humans being bros (laughs) and it's all about just rad things that people doing things for other people so i wanted to start it out with this episode and this is going to be a little bit different than the others so um let me just play the opener for it and we'll kind of go from there cool I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel good. So this is your feel-good news story of the week. Like I said, in the coming weeks, I'm going to highlight a particular story, an event that's happened, but this week, and especially with this nine-hour news cycle that we're in, you know, it's not an everyday news cycle anymore. It's like, oh, what did this person say now? And then there's a new story 12 hours or nine hours from then. So I just think if you listen to the cable news, if you listen to the politicians, there's so much fear-mongering. You go out there and you see the Antifa and the social justice warriors that think, all oh, the world's fallen. Then you got the all-right fucked hard so i think it's important for us to put things in perspective so that's what i'm gonna do with week one's feel good news story of the week so this is an article from forbes and i have six reasons why the world is a much better place today than it's ever been before there's gonna be a little bit of reading here so bear with me number one poverty 200 years ago, only a privileged few were not living in extreme poverty. For all the ills of industrialization, increased productivity, it made it possible to lift steadily more people out of extreme poverty. At first, the progress was steady. In 1950, 75% of the world were still living in extreme poverty. But today, today those living in extreme poverty are now less than 10%. That's from 1950 to the year 2018. Things are getting better. Number two, literacy. Data shows that the share of the world population that is literate over the last two centuries has gone from a tiny elite. We're talking a fraction of a fraction of a percent to the world now where eight out of 10 people can read and write. That's 80%. I don't even know if it was 80% of my school, but across the world, 80%. Moving on to number three, health. In 1800, more than 40% of the world's newborns died before the age of five. For you non-math majors out there, that's four out of every 10 babies born died before their fifth birthday, before the first day of first grade, dead. Now only a tiny fraction die before the age of five. How come? Modern medicine helped, you know, 
discovering germs and um, more improvements to things like housing and sanitation and diet. We're now finding out that maybe we hadn't been eating as clean as we should in years past, but I think the whole diet thing is coming back around. Number four, freedom. I like freedom. I want you to be free too. Freedom is notoriously hard to measure. However, a new study from a company called Our World in Data suggests that in the 19th century, almost everyone lived in autocratically ruled countries. The dictionary defines an autocratic as relating to a ruler who has absolute power. So that, think of the king and queen or what have you, being related to the ruler. Today, more than half the global population lives in a democracy. And the number is actually even higher than that because it says the huge majority of those living in uh, autocracy, four out of five, live in one autocratic country currently, China. So most of the world is freer than ever before. Number five, population. World population was around 1 billion in the year 1800 and has now increased seven times since then. In one sense, this is a great achievement, but better health means that humans stop dying at the rate of our ancestors. In another sense, the growth population increased demand for resources and aggravated humanity's impact on the environment. But population growth isn't unlimited. Once women realize that the chance of their children dying has declined, then they'll have fewer children. So it'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy and they reckon within the next 40 years that we'll start to see um, kin go down and that's a good thing. Number six, crime. You hear about it all the time. Blue lives matter. There's all these people out there. Well, I got some good stats for you. Violent crime in the U.S. has fallen sharply over the past quarter century, and the stats from Pew Research prove it. I'm going to prove you right. Using the FBI numbers, the violent crime rate fell 48% between 1993 and 2016. Um, using some more data, the rate fell 74% during that span with some added figures there. Um, Sorry, I lost my place there. Uh, like the violent crime rate, the U.S. property crime rate today is far below its peak. Uh, reports a decline of 66% during that same span, from so from 1993 to 2016. Property crime includes offenses such as burglary, theft, motor vehicle theft, and it's generally far more common than violent crime, and that's down 66% wouldn't you know it so why do people think things are worse than ever before it's because public perceptions about crime in the u.s often don't align with the data when you sit and see all these presidents sitting up there demanding their fist that we need law and order things aren't that bad opinion surveys regularly find that americans believe crime is up nationally even when the data shows it's down in 17 gallup surveys conducted since 1993 at least six in ten Americans said there was more crime in the U.S. compared with the year before, despite the generally downward trend in national violent and property crime. So see, things aren't nearly as Memphis bleak as the media would like you to believe. Trump's sitting up there saying about how there's all this this bad shit. Yes, there's bad things, but I just gave you a bunch of numbers that prove life is better than ever before, and it's pretty fucking good to be a human on planet Earth. Granted, it's really good to be a human in Southern California. So I'm, I'm obviously sitting on my ivory tower saying life's good up here. I, I reckon, or I recognize that there's worse places to live. But when you take all the numbers as a whole, people are more fed than ever. There's more. There. Wow. What am I trying to say? 
They have more access to clean water than ever before. They have more access to doctors. They have more access to education. And life is getting much better year in and year out. And it'll only get better with the advance of technology. We've had Justin Wren on here before that goes and builds uh, wells for the pygmies in the Congo. And as their technology gets better and it gets easier to use, thus more people will have more access to water. And that's a good thing. So the world's not so bad. Life's pretty fucking good. I don't know. You guys like that new segment? Should we introduce some more stuff to it? I got to figure out if that music bed works underneath it or not. I'll have to go back and check it out in post, but we'll see how it all works out. I was going to talk about one more thing called the Vagina Raptor Man, but I think I'm going to leave that for next week's podcast. There was a lot in this one and it feels a little shitty to then go and talk about the Vagina Raptor Man today. So I'll save that for next week. So if you haven't yet, what do you, what do I want you to do? Please go rate and review the podcast in your app store. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. YouTube, they keep fucking people. So now you need a thousand subscribers before you can start making money on the YouTube channel. So help get those numbers up for me. As always, I appreciate you guys so much. I hope this new mic sounds better. Until next week, peace. Oh, 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 oh,